Welcome to the Dubs Hub Podcast here uh, a day after the draft and after a crazy day where the Warriors acquired Chris Paul in a trade for Jordan Poole. I'm here with Chris. We're going to break it down. What's going on, Chris? Yeah, crazy day. Um, I almost threw up at work yesterday when the news (laughs) dropped, but yeah, definitely glad we waited a day to uh, talk about this because I would have broke some stuff on a podcast yesterday. (laughs) I mean, it, we needed time to like settle down and process the trade, you know. I'm, so I'm calling in from Nashville, Tennessee, out here for a wedding. Need to break down an emergency podcast because, man, what a day yesterday was. Um, do you want to roll through just what the full trade package for Chris Paul was and how it how it all went down? Yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> we saw some activity obviously before the draft with trades, so I was kind of scoping Twitter. Um, the previous few days just looking out for trade rumors and stuff it's, it's hard to know what to believe but yeah around I think it was noon pacific time yesterday we saw on the timeline that Jordan Poole was you know maybe being discussed around the league as a trade uh, trade acquisition and then a few minutes after I saw that we got the notification from Woj that the Wizards and the Warriors traded for Jordan Poole and Chris Paul and that was crazy. And then we saw after, once they broke the details a little more, we were sending draft compensation too. But <clears throat> after the draft, we we now see the full trade is the Warriors send out Jordan Poole, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, uh, 2027 second round pick, and a 2030 first round pick that's top 20 protected. So not really that serious of a first round pick. And then we get back, <clears throat> Chris Paul obviously is the headliner of the trade and then we got the 57th pick last night in the in the NBA draft which we took Trace Jackson Davis and then also with that trade we we save a decent amount um in salary this year and the um ability to get off salary in the future so how do how do you feel about the f- trade now that we see the full um, breakdown of it yeah, I mean, when it first dropped, I like didn't really believe it. You sent me the tweet. I thought it was one of those fake Woj accounts. I had to like go triple check the profile to make sure. I'm like, no way are we acquiring Chris Paul. Like Steph Curry is our point guard. Uh, like he he can't fit in the starting lineup with what we have going on right now. Draymond is the full time center. No, that didn't make sense. But you kind of break it down further, and it's essentially just a uh, player for player swap. In terms of role, Chris Paul is almost definitely coming off the bench as a six man to contribute to that second unit with what we have currently is like Kaminga, Moody, uh, and then he'll, you know, run some pick and roll with Draymond um, just to provide some stability off the bench. So you can kind of see what they were going for there. But it's, you know, swapping out a 30, or sorry, swapping out a 24 year old up-and-coming offensive weapon for a 38-year-old Hall of Famer, but it's a guy definitely at the tail end of his career. Um, I think, in my view, player for player, Chris Paul for this next season is still a better player than Jordan Poole unless Poole takes a significant step. I think last season Chris Paul was a better player too. Um, So this is an all-out win-now trade, uh, you know, 
the whole fan base and we were part of it was saying we need to prioritize maximizing Steph Curry's career and winning now and you know people weren't happy with how Poole performed last year and then the trade comes and the entire fan base freaks out because it's like such an unexpected move but consistent with I think what a lot of people were asking for well do you think they were outraged because of the basketball fit or more of who the actual person was because yeah let me ask you this question if you were to name like four four or five players that you would never think would be (laughs) on the Warriors Chris Paul has got to be in that list I mean it was pretty yeah he would be high on that list I mean I I don't hate Chris Paul as much as a lot of people do he's a polarizing figure because he flops all the time and he's loud and outspoken and you know, he's been the ire of... Dirty player, Warrior, flopper. Dirty player, yeah. He's been the ire of Warriors fans for a really long time. I mean, battling against the Clippers when that rivalry was hot. And then the uh, on the Rockets. And, that, and yeah. then on the Suns. Um, I mean, it's just been... <laughs> he's been, like, the Warriors villain for I mean, a long it's, time. It's, it's really the Clippers dynamic where... Yeah. That, I mean, that 2014 playoff series with the Clippers and yeah. the Warriors was so physical like one of the most physical playoff series I've ever seen. Chris Paul was just getting away with fouling Steph up and down the <laughs> yeah. court. Um, he did that shimmy when he, they beat the Warriors right in Steph's face and Steph was laughing. And I mean, there's been so many moments like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. That was so a different series, obviously. That, I, and I'm really glad that we podcasted a day later because I wasn't joking. When I got that notification, I was shocked. Not even that I was upset that Poole's gone. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Poole, but like we said, we really needed someone who could not turn over the ball and make dumb decisions. And, you know, although Poole is talented, he turns over the ball a lot, is <clears throat> bad on defense, and is a pretty bad decision maker when it comes to, like, shot selection and stuff. We I think it's have- also... It's also um- He's 24 and clearly, I mean, we'll get to the punch situation and how that might may have been a factor, but um, I think there was definitely some maturity concerns and fit concerns with Steph because they, Steph's obviously a much greater player, but they kind of play the same role in an offense. I um, actually, I kind of disagree. I think the Warriors wanted to keep Jordan for uh, a long time and they were planning on that but Clay actually hasn't declined as much as they thought. I think maybe a few years ago they thought Clay would eventually come into be like a six man or have a really reduced role but he's actually played a lot more games than I think they thought he could and he's produced like if you take out the the Lakers playoff series out of your mind Clay actually had a very very good season last year I mean he made the most threes in the NBA he carried us for times when Steph was gone so I think there was just no obviously Poole's not going to start over Steph but I think they thought eventually he could maybe start over Clay but you know I don't see that to be the case this year or probably next or the year after that. Yeah, it's a really good point. But it's also like Jordan played great in the NBA Finals. I think he, and he got that big contract extension. I think he personally felt like he should have been a starter. And, you know, he was probably right that he is a starting level player. I mean, he averaged 20 points per game last year and he started a number of games because of injuries, but 
he wasn't the full-time starter. Um, but I think he, he wants that. He's ready for that next step. Um, there's a lot of questions on the defensive side of things as well. If you're a guy in the Warriors system, you have to at least be a serviceable defender, unless you're Steph Curry, who actually is a serviceable defender. But even if he wasn't, it wouldn't matter because he's Steph Curry. But that, I think that was also a big, big deal because you're going if you're going small with Jordan Poole, you're, you're just so exposed in the backcourt with Steph next to him. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, That's why they went and got this, this six-foot point guard instead of the six-four <laughs> point guard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Frank. I mean, he's smaller, but come on, we know yeah, we know I mean, Chris Paul's a better defender. A, a better defender. Yeah, I mean, just a quick view. What would you give a grade for the Warriors and the Wizards on this trade? Oh man, this is a really tough one because. It's such a high-risk, high-reward trade for the Warriors. They ship out a young guy who probably is overpaid with his new contract extension. I would say definitely. Some others would argue that it's fair. Just depends on how he turns out, how he improves. For So you're, you're trading that for a 38-year-old on just one more year of his big contract who, you know, who knows? Maybe this is his last year. Like, nobody knows how long Chris Paul is going to play. Um, and since he's so old, it's very possible injuries catch up to him. He's had plenty of injuries in the playoffs in the past. That's, like, been an absolute uh, tough situation for him, part of the reason he doesn't have a ring, I think. Um, and so if he can stay healthy and come off the bench and accept that six-man ball handler role which i think he will um then i would give this like probably a b plus trade for the warriors maybe a b if that doesn't work out if he gets injured and uh, can't contribute to a contending team then it's obviously just a d or something yeah. worse i don't know what do you think that makes sense um <clears throat> i think just from a pure basketball perspective i think the trade like you said is probably a b i might even give it an a just taking into account everything that happened like you said pool's contract i think before the new um players agreement came out or, or the collective bargaining agreement came out and every team understands now that there's this new um second apron of luxury tax paying teams where you really get slammed if you're over that um like pools contract tyler heroes contract those scoring guards who are really are max players but they're not you know the best two-way players i think those contracts went from good contracts to kind of bad contracts um so i think getting off of that contract for the warriors was a value in itself dumping PBJ and Ryan Rollins, who let's be real, they were not going to play this year. They're very young. That's that was a huge part of yeah. this that people don't understand, and that's why we sent picks out. I think is yeah, getting hundred percent some we, bad money. I mean, we got off two guaranteed roster spots that weren't going to play next year, which is very valuable for itself. I mean, we saw how many dead roster spots we've had last year. We've talked about that a bunch. So getting off pools money, getting off those two roster spots. And then getting Chris Paul is a big win, obviously, um, for the playoffs and just for the locker room. And the flexibility Chris Paul's contract comes with, we can just totally get off that next year. 
or if we want to like a star comes available or someone else becomes available we can opt into his contract for next year and use his salary as a trade tool um so i think it's a a trade honestly looking back on yesterday interesting interesting there i have some concerns with the actual like basketball fit but we'll we'll have to see how kerr uses him i think like there are a lot of things that could be an issue with the fit on the warriors he's older so that means he's slower and he's more of like a traditional point guard now where he's walking it up and running the offense in the half court we know that the warriors love to play in transition and push the pace there's some fit concerns there. I think, um, you know, Chris Paul's biggest asset is his pick and roll handling and snaking around that screen, finding the right guy, uh, the open man when he gets helped, overhelped from the defender. We know Kerr is not a real like pick and roll coach. So he'll have to lean more heavily into that to really get the most out of Chris Paul. I think he, I think Kerr is a great coach and will do that. But if he doesn't, then that's an issue and not maximizing Chris Paul's value. Um, and then obviously the last thing is, will his defense hold up and will he remain healthy? Those are those are two really important things. And I, th- I think Mike Dun- this is first my, uh, the first move for Mike Dunleavy, which is crazy. I mean, we, we kind of were expecting some moves. When a new uh, GM comes into the front office, they want to shake things up and have like kind of a signature move demarcating the the new tenure of the front office this is a huge one for him and we'll see i mean a lot of his credibility as a front office executive rests on that so and he's betting on chris paul being healthy and being able to hold up as a backup point guard on defense so we'll see like those are the basketball concerns for me which is why i can't give it an a yet we have to kind of just watch next year like frankly that's what it comes down to yeah, I think we also, until we see what the Warriors do <clears throat> in free agency especially, or also maybe there's another move out there, because right now looking at their roster, I mean, it, it doesn't make too much sense to break this down before free agency, but they're very guard-heavy, um, not even in the sense of like position. I, I guess that was the wrong way to say it. They're very short and old now. <laughs> um, they don't have much size. And they, they still have some young dudes like uh, Moody and Kaminga, but they're really missing out on that like 23 to 29 age range of players. All we really have is like Wiggins and Looney in that, in that spot. So and GP two, how old's GP two? I think he's 31 or 30. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's old. a little bit older than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think after this draft and we'll, we'll touch into the who the warriors picked but especially after this trade with for cp3 um you know steph cp3 gary they're all like six three and under and those are three dudes that are going to be in our rotation um so we definitely need some size but th- that could take us to the draft if you if you want to get there the warriors had the 19th pick um and then we saw later in the day that they acquired the 57th pick. So, um, yeah. What did you ironically think? also from the wizards? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think about, uh, about the pick at 19 Brandon um, pose pose Pajemski, Pajemski, Pajemski. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I think, I mean, we didn't do it. 
you and I both didn't do a ton of draft research ahead of this year's draft. Um, we're not like draft experts, don't don't claim to be, but uh, just looking at his skill set, he's sort of an off-ball t- type of player who clearly has a good shot. Uh, he looks like his first step may be a little slow, which is true also with one of our recent picks, Moody, but it hasn't stopped Moody from being, you know, somewhat of a decent contributor off the bench. Um, I think they were really going for the shooting and the IQ. He looks like a smart player. Well, he's going to have to improve on defense. That was one of his weaknesses that was noted by the scouting analysts that I read. Um, So I don't know. He's 20 years old from Santa Clara. He's an interesting pick. I don't think he's going to get heavy minutes this year. But he heavy may play minutes him. or any minutes. Yeah, or any minutes. He may he might play himself into the rotation. Who knows though? I hope I hope he does. I think honestly the more, more interesting pick was that number fifty seven later yeah. on. Uh, they got Trace Jackson Davis, who is sort of a big man. He's he's going to be a center in the Warriors' offense. Yeah. Uh, he's twenty three. They traded out the twenty year old Patrick Baldwin Jr., who who probably can't play center. He's more of a stretch four type um, for. This guy, Trace Jackson, who's kind of like a mid-post, rim-running uh, big of, you man. You know who he kind of reminds me a lot of, just watching highlights very briefly briefly on, is a little bit of Jordan Bell. Um, mm. And we saw that type He's of He's bigger play. than Bell, though, right? Uh, I think they're the same size, because uh, okay. TJD is like 6'9". I think Jordan Bell was like 6'8", 6'9". That's why I say they remind me of each other, because he obviously slipped to the 57th pick because he doesn't really have any shooting touch um, and, like, offensive potential. But he is a really good finisher, really good rebounder, and he's shown that he can be, like, a weak side defender. That's kind of what Jordan Bell was like. And we saw in those years with KD, they put him in at center a lot. And, you know, when you play with such greatness like Steph and Clay and KD, there's rim-running opportunities and you know, defensive needs. So I, I agree. I think that's the more interesting pick. And I <clears throat> I think that um, Dunleavy said the right thing last night because I saw Warriors freaking out about, oh, this guy can't play. Um, he even said he, dra- he drafts players and doesn't expect that they're going to play in the first year. He literally said that. So I think fans need to calm down a little bit about these two picks. I wouldn't imagine they're in the rotation, but like you said, if one of them is going to be, I could see um, Trace Jackson Davis in there. Yeah, they'll get playing time like here and there as injuries pop up, and you know, let's say there's a blowout one game to get get the guys some minutes. But the the plan is not to have them as significant pieces of a contending team. I mean, it's pretty clear from Mike Dunleavy's uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr.'s comments that that was the case. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, interesting draft. I think, yeah, I'm excited to see how they can play, and hopefully, they both play during summer league. We'll be there. We'll see at least one Warriors game, I think. So, um, hopefully, yeah, they definitely. get some run. Um, so that'll be interesting. And, and but it does kind of set up what we were going to transition to next, which is where do we see the front office going with the rest of the roster? There are a lot of questions around how they fill out the 15 man roster. So. Um, we met. We touched on some of it, right? Like they they're undersized at this point with who we have like guaranteed on the on the roster. 
So they're going to target veterans. They're going to target size. Mike Dunleavy also said that last night. But so he was, I think, really saying the right things after a huge day for him. Um, what do you think? And, and another big piece is, of course, Draymond Green, who opted out of his of the final year of his contract. I think he was slated to make like twenty seven, twenty eight million, uh, but now he's an unrestricted free agent. Plenty of teams would be interested in bringing on Draymond Green for a few years. We know that. He's using this for sure as leverage and negotiating power against the Warriors. I think there's a, the odds are he's coming back, but it's definitely not guaranteed. Uh, what are your thoughts on where the Draymond situation is right now? Yeah, I don't think that the Warriors make this move unless they're close to certain that Draymond's going to come back. because The Chris Paul move? Yeah, exactly. If they make this move and Draymond's not back, then kind of... I wouldn't say a disaster move, but definitely it's not good. Um, so I think this is a similar situation that happened with Andrea Godala a few years ago where he was up for a new contract. It was pretty clear he was going to stay with the Warriors, but it got a little dramatic because, you know, Andre's kind of an interesting fella. He wants to make people sweat. He likes to put pressure on people. Um so he went out there and got an offer sheet from Sacramento and, and the, the Warriors matched to get more money for, for himself. So I think the similar thing is happening with Draymond. I would be totally shocked if he is not back. But you see some teams opening up cap space. Like last night, the Kings opened up some cap space. The Dallas Mavericks opened up cap space. So um, He would be a good it, fit on both of those teams, just yeah, pure basketball-wise. Houston looks like they want to compete a little bit, so could maybe see them wanting to add like a veteran. But, yeah, I would be – I don't even think we need to spend that much time on it because I think it's damn near a done deal that Draymond will be back. Maybe. I, I'm a little more concerned than you are. We've seen some rumors from guys like Bill Simmons and others and, like, Brian Windhorse has mentioned that Draymond's testing the market out and taking a look at teams. I mean, this could just be posturing for negotiation. 100% could be the case. Draymond is a clutch client. That The clutch clients are known to do that. So we'll see, but there's a certain level of concern for me. Um, I, I think he comes back. I don't think he can abandon Steph and Clay like that. They, they want – he's mentioned – publicly that he wants to come back and be a warrior for life i think he's looking for like a three-year 100 million dollar deal that's probably a lot more than the warriors want to offer right now yeah that's a bad deal that would be a bad deal i think (laughs) we've tweeted out and mentioned before that we think like a three-year 80 million dollar deal is the right price for draymond and one that he should accept because it's about the same average annual value as what his uh, his opt-out year would have been. It's close enough. But he's then guaranteed through three more years, so he gets that extra like $60, $60 million, $55 million. So that's what I think they're going for. They, they'll probably end up there. But it's going to be an interesting couple of days, a couple of weeks in the free agent market. <laughs> yeah, because um, he, do, he doesn't officially become a free agent till a week from today, so June 30th, then next Friday. Um, yeah, the Warriors have a lot to think about for the next week. 
I think that they're operating under the assumption that Draymond will be back, as we can yeah. see by the let's, trade we and should, the draft. If we look at like filling out the rest of the roster, let's assume that Draymond's back. But just yeah, I mean, to, like, if, if, Dray- there, if Draymond's not back, then different questions have to be asked, and uh, there's probably some major moves coming if Draymond's not back. Because we've yeah. said, yeah, we've said before, when Draymond is gone, the championship window is closed. Like I know how great Steph Curry 100%. is. I know how great clay thompson is i know that you know andrew wiggins is an incredible wing on a win on a winning team but draymond green is a defensive stalwart he's a generational talent he's a hall of famer and when he's gone that breaks up the core i really think the championship window is closed if he's gone 100 percent, i couldn't agree more so yeah operating under the assumption that draymond is back the warriors have 11 players under the roster <clears throat> uh, on their roster right now with the two new draft picks coming in so that leaves four sp- spots but probably realistically three want to just tick off who those players are just so like, yeah so i mean obviously we have steph clay wiggins draymond looney and then chris paul kaminga moody and then the two draft picks and then gary and, G- and gb2 yeah, yeah, yeah. And gary payton so that's 11 um and one one note too, Dante DiVincenzo has his player option for a little under five million. All reports suggest that he is going to decline that and become a free agent, which would put him out of reach for the Warriors. They can't afford uh, a mid-level player because they're too far over the tax. Yeah. So it, if he if he opts out, then Dante's gone. But who knows? Who knows? He might opt in. I also think his role is kind of redundant now especially with the Gary Payton acquisition last year and now Chris Paul, I don't really see a need for him. Obviously, he's a really good player. It would be better if the Warriors could have him back, but we don't need another 6'4 guard if we have Chris Paul and Gary Payton um, coming off the bench. Yeah, if if Dante was 6'6", it's a much different story. But then again, if he was 6'6", he's probably making a lot more money. Exactly. So basically what we're looking at right now is... We have two point guards, Curry and Chris Paul, probably the best point guard and, well, not probably, the best point guard and backup point guard situation in the league, for sure. Maybe the best ever. I I don't think that's a hot topic. Two Hall of Famers. And then at shooting guard, we have Clay and Moody. So that's, that's four. And then a small forward, it's like Wiggins and Gary Payton. And then power forward, we got Draymond, Kaminga, and then Trice, or Trace Jackson Davis. And then I, I guess I forgot um, Podsmensky in the guard rotation as well. And then Pajemski. 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 That's going to be <laughs> His tough. His name, I know. His Does name, he have a nickname? it was spelled really tough. Podge, I don't know. Just Podge. call him Brandon. Brandon, yeah. <laughs> I just made that Brandon. Uh, um, and then really only one center in Looney, so... I think the biggest weaknesses that the Warriors need to address in free agency is we need a tall dude, like uh, ideally two. I think that we need a four or five who can stretch the floor. So, you know, they can like a Kevin Love type, a Sarich type, kind of a four or five that can stretch the floor. I think we also need a lob threat because especially with Chris Paul having a five or four who can pick and roll and roll to the rim. That's what Chris Paul's made a, a 18 year career off of. So I think that's like probably number one, what we have to get after. And then JaVale McGee, bring him back. 
Yeah, I love JaVale. And then two other things. I think we it would be beneficial to have a fourth kind of guy who can dribble and pass, like a fourth combo guard, point guard, um, just because Steph is going to miss some games. Chris Paul is obviously, obviously going to miss some games, and you don't really want... Well, who's the third one? Draymond, I guess? Uh yeah, I mean, I feel I like we really only have like two ball handling guards at this point. Yeah, that's so what I'm I, saying. I agree. We need one more. Like, sure. I guess uh, Brandon is like the third, but he should really be the fourth. He's not going to be the third guard in the rotation. So that's I think that's a big weakness too, is like a Ty Jerome type who can come in and you know dribble, get them into their offense. And then lastly, I think we need one or two wings because we're we're pretty short on the the small forward type especially if Kaminga's a power forward we really only have one true small forward in the roster so how do you feel about I think that's that? I think that's totally right they they all got to be veterans too um if you I mean if you count Ty Jerome as a veteran at this point I think he plays like one I want Ty Jerome back as our like third ball handling uh playmaker type yeah he knows the Warriors' offense now. He was pretty good as a two-way last year. He's smart. He's not a good defender, but <laughs> the Warriors like him. Steph Curry likes he, him. He has a very like yeah. high assist to turnover ratio, and he's mm-hmm. pretty efficient. Like he almost shot 50-40-90 last year. Um, yeah. Obviously, in a really small sample size, but someone like that, you know, someone who doesn't make a lot of mistakes, basically the opposite of Jordan Poole. <laughs> yes, as like a fourth guard. I totally agree. That's a great call. And then um, I agree we need some wing depth, just at least one guy. If we keep – a big part of this is also is do we keep Kuminga and Moody? I think at this point – I don't know. This is a tough one. I could see Dunleavy trading Kuminga. I think Moody is kind of a lock on the roster unless a big move is made. But Kuminga is the one variable currently left still. I mean, going into the offseason, it was pretty clear, like, Poole and Kaminga are on, they're on the trading block. They're on the market. If if something good can be uh, received for them, that, that they would pull the trigger. They did with the Chris Paul deal, with, and Poole is gone. Kaminga is kind of the next potential domino to fall. Does he stay or does he go? That is a, is a big question. And then you're right, like in terms of size, we, do, we need more size. We need a couple of big men. I like what you said, like a rim running guy. If Trace can't be that dude, then we definitely need that. And a guy who, a 4 or 5 who can stretch the floor. Kevin Love is a great idea. Yeah, really great I mean, idea. that was just like the prototype of what I was thinking. I mean, I think a player like Kevin Love, Sarich, even like Jeff Green, Jay Crowder, that, yeah, any really any four who can like play the four, play the five, rebound a little bit, and stretch the floor. I mean, obviously every team is kind of looking for that, but Jamichael Green was supposed to be that, but yeah. he didn't really work out. No, I mean I think it's both sides kind of understand that he won't be back. Yeah, I just I think that's the right, um, the right type of guy to go after. It didn't work. He had a rough season. I mean, it wasn't all his fault. It wasn't all the fit. Um, it, he had a rough season just with, I think he got COVID. I think he got a staff infection in his in leg. His leg. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a rough time. Yeah, so unfortunate that one didn't work out, but that is that is the prototype, like a five who can stretch the floor. 
Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I, I'm really excited to see how free agency plays itself out. I mean, we've always like last year we were scared about losing Otto and Gary. Understandably, I mean, those were in retrospect those were bad losses, and we eventually got Gary back. But we saw the front office, you know, make two good moves. Jermichael Green, in theory, would have been a really good fit if he played like he has played in the past. And then Dante DiVincenzo was an amazing pickup. I don't think I don't think we can use the mid-level this year because of the new tax rules. So it's all going to be Yeah, the new veteran. CBA. Yeah, the yes. new CBA wipes that away for us, unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to be all vet minimums. But, I mean, it's the Warriors. Chris Paul's also there now. So we'll see what kind of, like, strings we could pull. But <clears throat> I'm going to have an article coming out in the next couple of days of – you know, the team needs and potential free agent fits. So look out for that. And I'm excited to dive into that. I've already done some work on it. And I think there's definitely some names that would play and have a role on this team that we needed last year when we were looking out for veterans. Um, What what do you think about the Kuminga situation? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, It's tough. I think... And I was going to ask you this, but I, I think that Moody actually has a more defined role on this team than Kaminga. I think he probably has more playing time available for him just because, man, Draymond and Looney are going to be playing a lot and they're both not spacing bigs. So it's kind of tough for Kaminga to get on the floor with either of those guys because he's also a not spacing big. And yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, hundred percent right. Yeah, hundred percent right. Moody, because he can hit threes and defend wings, he's a three. Yes. And Kuminga, well, two, he could play two as yeah, well. he can or play down four, to the even. Right. He's much more versatile, much more flexible. Yeah. Kuminga obviously can't play shooting guard. He's best at power forward, I think, at the four. He's a four. And, and the yeah, he's a four. But I think in his mind he's a three. Yeah, and that's... you can't you can't roll out Draymond Looney and Kaminga. No, but he like I think in his mind he's a three. If he could knock down shots and be a better ball handler, he can be a three. But he's just not at this stage of his career. No. So that's where the problem is for him. And you, I mean you're right. Moody has a defined role at this point on the roster. We saw that in the playoffs. Moody got playing time. Kaminga was buried. To, at the back of the bench that yeah so that's why i think it's much more likely kaminga goes um if not though like you know he's an athletic guy he can he can be an on-ball pest on defense he's not a bad guy to have still but i think other players would value him higher than the warriors do right now so there's a good op- like a market opportunity to kind of take advantage of that i think it really i mean you make some good points but i think it really depends what we do in free agency. If we're able to grab like Sarich or Kevin Love or someone who can stretch the floor, I think that Kamingo would have a better role in our offense because we could have a second unit that has, you know, a stretch five Kaminga, then like Chris Paul, Moody, and Gary Payton. And he would thrive playing with Chris Paul. I think one of the big winners from that trade is is Kaminga and Moody. I think they're gonna benefit from not being thrown out there with like Jordan Poole, but they're being thrown out there with Chris Paul. That's going to make life easier for them. So, but if the Warriors aren't able to get 
a stretch big in free agency and we kind of just get like a backup point guard and maybe a old veteran wing, I think it could make some sense to flip Kaminga maybe for a more established small forward or maybe uh, a center. I, I haven't really dove into what the Warriors might be able to get for Kaminga, but um, yeah, between Moody and Kaminga, I think the one that's in most jeopardy for getting traded is Kaminga. But I would like to see him stay. I, yeah. I don't know how you feel on that. It it depends what we can do in free agency. I mean, so I, you mentioned the article you were thinking of writing. I'm going to write – well, I was planning to write an article uh, on – it was like a trade machine article with you know potential options for Jordan Poole getting traded and options for Kaminga getting traded. Uh, that got blown up yesterday, but <laughs> I think there's still an opportunity to kind of – uh, run some interesting scenarios and see what is out there, what makes sense to get back uh, for Kaminga if you make a couple of, assum- of assumptions on what happens in free agency. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm excited, man. Any any predictions on... I mean, we kind of went over what type of player they'd like to see. I mean, who's like... I don't know if you've dug any deep but who's like a dream player for the squad or maybe a prediction you could see coming or you just kind of waiting to see what happens trusting in, in dunkirk <laughs> dunkirk um well you know i don't really know at this point because i'm still digesting the chris paul thing yeah uh, we have like a week until free agency that'll be a good opportunity for us to kind of think about what are some some really good ideas. What what are some good targets that they might go after now that we know that a huge domino has fallen with Jordan Poole gone. So I think you, I mean, I was going to say like Ty Jerome is some guy I really do want back. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's the guy I, I, like at this point that I think they got to go after just because, I mean, he, and he should be easy to get. He's going to be a vet minimum guy. Yeah. And he is friendly with the Warriors front office. He knows he loves Steve Kerr and Steph Curry like there's a good there's a really good chance he he's back on the team. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know Tony Lamb reunion? You think? Yeah, I think he's out of here. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see a team picking him up. Um, although that's the type of player we need. I mean, like I won't tease everything that I'm thinking of putting in there, but I already said it for vet minimum, like a Jay Crowder type of player, Tory Craig. Jeff Green, Trey Lyles, Danny Green, those those type of players, I think we really could like a Joe Ingles even um Utah. I mean dream Brooklyn. scenario like Nas Reed would be sick, but he's oh, yeah. going to be way out of the Warriors budget. So I I think a good uh, one one person I'll leave with too is Dwight Powell possibly as like a rim runner. Um I th- I think his time is kind of over in Dallas, especially they just got Richard Holmes call. and drafted uh, a center. Um, he was really successful as a lob threat with Luca. He's um, not going to be a minimum guy, though. You don't think? No, I mean, like this last year, he made like eleven million. I feel like he's going to be like kind of a seven to ten Russell, million. Russell guy. Westbrook made forty million and then was a minimum. Yeah. Okay. Touche. <laughs> A couple of, I mean, for centers, like if we if we're talking like big rim running guys, I think Biombo and yeah. Jock Landale, both guys on the Suns, ironically, those are like two pretty good options. Yeah, I think Landale probably would get more than the minimum. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I was even thinking like Alex Len, Robin Lopez, those type of like just a big mm. man. We haven't had a person. Cody Zeller. Yeah, any of them. Any someone he, over. He six, played nine. on the Heat. Like yeah. he played on the Heat. He was he contributed. As of now, we don't have a player over six nine on the team, and the yeah, West, you know, it has AD, Jokic, you know, Gobert and Cat. Aiton, there's a lot of good bigs in the West, and the Warriors' style has been to like run and gun, but especially with Chris Paul kind of bringing a new dynamic to the Warriors, I think, and it's nice. I think it's going to be refreshing to maybe run some different stuff, maybe switch up what we've been looking for in our, our players for a little bit, mm-hmm. and we, we already see that with trading out some projects and bringing in older guys. Um, so it's exciting times, man. Uh, we'll definitely be hanging around free agency that's probably like the most exciting time of the season for some warriors fans especially like warriors twitter so we're going to be locked <laughs> in anything yeah anything else you want to touch on before we get a, we get out of here no i think that's it i mean busy couple of weeks coming up um free agency and then rolling into summer league so keep your eyes peeled for that content we'll be around yeah we will be and if you're in summer league Come holler at us. We'll be uh, we'll be there. Absolutely. We'll be watching the Warriors, watching uh, two draft picks. We can't pronounce their names yet, right? But um, <laughs> yeah, exciting times. Chris Paul's a warrior. Never would have thought that in my mm. lifetime. What a time! What a yeah. time! But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll check in with you guys. Probably do a more detailed free agency podcast before uh, before Friday next week. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon.